helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 Weekdays on Vision Christian Radio. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Don't come and pitch something to us and walk away. If it's about grace and mercy, hey, we can't get enough of it. We want it. Big time. And I saw that around the Melbourne Footy Club over 15 years. The Bible tells us that in order for someone to believe in Jesus, they must first hear about him. How do we do that in our workplace or in our community? How do we live out our faith every day? Well, our guest today has some answers. Cam Butler is the founding director of Urban Revs and former CEO of Sports Chaplains League Australia. He has also served as a local church pastor and as the chaplain to the Melbourne Football Club. He'll provide some easy ways for you to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's Cam Butler, our guest today, with myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, welcome to the program. Yeah, g'day, Brett. Great to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about the Cam Butler story. Oh, yeah. Well, grew up in a Christian home. My mum was actually pregnant with me when uh, when she came to faith in Jesus. And uh, so I tell everyone she was baptised and broke water. And then a few months later, I broke water and got <laughs> baptised probably about eight years later. And um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Dad wasn't. Uh, mum was. And mum had a radical conversion. And so we grew up in that environment. She loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just grew up loving Jesus. But of course, course like a lot of young kids just trying to find your way who is God and there were moments in my life where you just question God are you real are yeah. you fed income and um, so just went on that journey like I, probably a lot of people so do. So what got you over the line? Really interesting I, there's one moment I reckon where I said God either you're 100% who you say you are or you're not you know, I, I don't want to believe in a 99% God. You are either true or you're not. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I really put it to him in an obnoxious way, as a young person could probably do. But um, <laughs> it was very much, God, I, I want to give you my all, but I've got to know that you're real and fair income. Yep. And by his grace and when and how, I don't know, but he really he showed himself true to me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's life-changing, it's transforming. That's excellent. And mm. you want to share that with other people. And you've had a bit of a journey. You've been a, a pastor. Mm. Um, you've uh, also continually been in Sports Chaplaincy Australia. Yep. And then you're also involved with the AFL and the Melbourne Football Club. But are there any other parts that you have? Yeah, I, I just I grew up loving sport as a kid, you know, and uh, been involved in sport, captaining a lot of my cricket teams. And I became a pastor of a local church. And one of the unsettling things on my journey, my younger years, was, God, I want to take this good news. I want to take the joy you give us, the healing, the kindness, your faithfulness to us, your grace to us out Side the four walls of the church yeah. and um, very much driven to do that. For me, it wasn't making sense inside the four walls of the church. It was in in a very personal way, but it had to be real to other people yeah. for me. Yeah. And so there was this tension and this struggle. Yeah. And sometimes it's even hard to explain what that is. But I knew that for it to be fully real and manifestly real, it needs to make difference 
in people who are outside of the church. Yeah. And so I was driven by that and moved towards that. Well, before we talk about the mm. ministry of Urban mm. Revs, mm-hmm. the other great ministry is being a husband, a mm. father, mm. and a grandfather. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so just wonderful. Um, having kids, it's challenging, you know, just getting it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Um, I think one of the most tender moments for me as a father was just actually saying to a couple of my kids, I've got four kids, um, I'm sorry. You know, there were moments that I, I stuffed up and yeah. I'm so sorry. And they go, Dad, that's all right, you know. Yeah. and so it's, We're not meant to be perfect. We're just we, to be real. Oh, exactly. That authenticity is really important. Mm. And it's really important, not just in family life, but also living out your faith beyond, yeah, um, so good. beyond our own lives and our own family as well. So tell us a bit about mm. Urban Revs. I probably have to go back a step before that uh, and just talk about my time in sports chaplaincy because it flows oh, that from that. Yep. It really does. Um, so I'm pastoring in a local Melbourne church, uh, love pastoring the people, love doing that, but I really felt God speak to my heart as a young minister from Genesis 12 when God said to Abraham, I want to bless you, Abraham, so all the people of the world will be blessed because of you. And I had a real revelation that God wanted me to be a man of influence beyond Beyond the four walls of the church and so I went on this journey looking for opportunities to how can I bring God's grace to my local community yep. and as a pastor or people in ministry it's very easy to get closeted you know you're detached from the rest of community it can become very click oriented or yeah. the club meters have been another metaphor that people use but yeah. you wanted to get out of that mindset to see other people get to hear the good news. Well, I could preach on Sunday and have everyone nod their heads, but I'm thinking, can I take the same message to an Australian audience that don't go to church, and would I get nodding heads as well? And so it's really comfortable as a minister to have people all yesing around you, you know, they're all affirming and yes, oh man, God, you know, how can I take this out to the community? And so I was really driven by that, a real sense of influencing my culture. And um, so I went on about a two-year journey of, God, how do I get outside and take your grace? I'm pastoral in gifting. I'm very pastoral. But I did have a cry of my heart. I said, Lord, unless we can evangelise and share the good news, um, we can be as pastoral as we like, but the rest of Australia are just going to miss out on on the good news. Yeah. So eventually, long story short, I really landed on chaplaincy and I went to the hospital and I asked them, you know, how can I be a hospital chaplain? And they said, oh, forget it. There's too many of us. Every <laughs> every door seemed to close on me. I knocked on this door and that door and I started sharing my faith with my mechanic and uh, people in the community and my neighbours and all of that. And, and I'm wondering, how can I do this more sort of effectively? And um, I heard about sports chaplaincy. One of our local ministers, Paul Cameron, uh, was the chaplain at the Richmond Footy Club. And I thought, how good's this? Oh, that'd be awesome to serve God in a sports community. Yeah. Very exciting. Got to serve at the Melbourne Footy Club. And, um, and the Lord said to me in those early days, Cam, I'm going to show you things that will help the church, will help my people get outside the four walls of the church and influence and shape culture around about them. Well, you mentioned culture, and sport is a significant part of the Australian culture. Yep, totally. So Sunday morning, get this, I go to church, I preach at church, I leave church, by about 11 o'clock I'm at the MCG going to a footy match. It's going to start at about... 
2 o'clock. And as I'm walking into the MCG at maybe 11.30, I'm passing thousands of people around the MCG. And I remember in the early days, I heard this stat that roughly about 97% of Aussies don't have a personal faith, a living faith in Christ is about 3%. Maybe if you double that, there's 6% that have a living faith in Christ. And as I was walking past, the reality hit me that those 100 people I just walked past, 96 of them don't know the good news. Uh, Yet their families laughing together, enjoying going to this great sporting event, great sporting mech of the MCG. And, um, yeah, so you're right, Aussies just, we love our sport, don't we? Absolutely. As a nation, we don't have Waterloo. We don't have battlefields. Our battlefield's been the MCG. It's Lords. That's where we've defined our national identity on the the sporting pitch. So this holy discontent, you could probably call it, was sort of saying, how can I get – that mindset into a greater influence. Yep. Is that how Urban Rev started? Yeah, it was, um, first of all, do Aussies want the good news? Do Aussies want the grace and mercy of Jesus? You know, Jesus says the fields are white unto harvest. I I reckon we sort of nod with, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not really. No, people aren't interested in God. And I sort of brought a bit of that in. Well, the research would say that they're less antagonistic than we may assume. Oh, totally. So, So here's me going into the footy club. Now, this is the way I frame it. I became their pastor. I was the chaplain of the Melbourne Football Club, but I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to be their pastor. I'm going to shepherd them. I'm going to pastor them like I pastor my church. So when they're in hospital, I'm going to visit them. When they have a kid, I'm going to buy a hamper for them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to try and speak life into them. I don't get to preach at them like I do at church on Sunday mm. morning, but I'm going to try and do everything else like they are sheep that don't have a shepherd. Yeah, And I'm going to start shepherding them. I'm going to start helping them see who Jesus really is and the more i did that brett it was like we want this yeah we want that we don't That's want so the gospel good. we don't want the i had this interesting i was in ballarat i presented to the presidents who represented about 880 football clubs in country victoria yeah and i told him this is what a chaplain is and one of the things that i had a chaplain is prepared to share the good news or gospel yeah and i realized that i had my language wrong I said, just put up your hands if you've got any problem with any of the things that I'm talking about. I want you to be really open and honest with me. And my first point was your relationship with Jesus and others is your ministry as a chaplain. And I told them all that. They're all happy with that. Yeah. They're happy with Jesus. But they saw the word gospel and they said, are you going to Bible bash us? I'm a bit worried. And I said, oh, can I explain the gospel? To you, I apologize. Maybe that word doesn't fit for this audience. So I'm talking to about 70 presidents of sporting leagues in Victoria. And I just unpacked the term the gospel in words like grace and mercy and these things. And they go, yeah, we want that, but if you're trying to sell us the gospel, we don't want that. Yeah. And that really describes well what I see in Aussies. Don't come and pitch something to us and walk away. If it's about grace and mercy, hey, we can't get enough of it. We want it in time. And I saw that around the Melbourne Footy Club over 15 years. That's fantastic. Our guest today is Cam Butler. He's the founding director of Urban Revs. And you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. The 
The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan and we're speaking with Cam Butler, the founding director of Urban Revs. Well, before the break, you were talking about you were speaking at a, a function with mm. uh, football presidents of a number of clubs and regions mm. and they were saying they want that grace and they want the mercy. Then tell us a little bit about your aha moment. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, so I got invited to the MCG by the head of country football AFL in Victoria and um, he sat me down he said Cam we want a chaplain in every footy club in country Victoria and I said how many do you have and he goes well at last count we have 880 clubs wow not teams clubs those clubs have multiple teams and I said oh my goodness you want a chaplain in every one of them he goes yep and I'm going oh wow that's a lot of people And he goes, well, actually, we've got another complexity. And I said, what's that? And he said, all of those footy clubs have a netball club aligned with them, so we probably need another 880 girls to be chaplains of the netball teams. And I'm quickly doing the sums in my head. You know, that's nearly 1,800 clubs. Yeah. 1,800 chaplains. Where am I going to get the many chaplains? I could tell that story, Brett, time and time again. We met with Pony Clubs of New South Wales. We met with Football Federation of Australia. We met with the head of AFL Community Development. They said we want a chaplain in every community football club in Australia. Is this where it gets down, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are They want it. And I asked, why do they want it? And we came across a model of urban chaplaincy, not the chaplaincy you'd expect at a school, although there are similarities, or in the army or those institutions. We were in the community sector. So you have the institutional sector, which are like hospitals and government institutions, army, police, and you have those chaplains. And they would be what I would term professional chaplains. They had to be very, very competent people who can deliver from end to end the whole range of skill sets needed. What we saw in sporting clubs is we just needed people who can love on people with the grace and mercy of Jesus, be his presence, be his hands, be his voice in a sports club, and they couldn't get enough of them. And so when I finished up a few years ago, we had over 15,000 direct requests from sports clubs in Australia for chaplains. And, and they came to us. We didn't go to them. We weren't selling anything. So I saw, wow, the harvest is plentiful. So if you're in a church, think about the tennis club right next door to you. I spoke at a church and there was a tennis club right beside the mm. the church. And when I got to share at the church, I said, oh, who's pastoring the tennis club right next door to the church? And I could tell everyone's looking, nobody. Yeah. And so we have this harvest field that's there and eager in Australia for the grace. And they don't want religion. They don't want church. They don't want the things that brings, you know, that they're battling with the stigma. But they do want grace and mercy. Yeah. And the way I see it, Brett, is they're like sheep without a shepherd. And what's really interesting 
in that passage in Mark 6 and verse 30, they went to a remote place to do church, to have time just together, the disciples and Jesus. I see that as having church. And when they went to that remote place, the whole community, the crowd turned up. And Jesus looked out to them and he said, they are like sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says immediately he began to teach them. Mm. So he adopted them as his sheep. Jesus sees community as sheep without a shepherd and he takes responsibility for them immediately. And moving into the concept or the idea of urban revs is – I really believe that God wants the entire church, our entire congregations to take responsibility for the community that God places yeah. around about them. Yeah. So what is Urban Revs? What's this thing you've developed yep. to provide a service to yep. find those yep. 15,000 plus and continually growing in yep. sporting clubs? But it's not just sporting clubs. No. It's no. in every aspect of our communities. Yeah. So Urban Revs is for the, the man and the woman in the pews. It's for every follower of Jesus, everyone who says, hey, I not only want to go to church on Sunday, I want to live out my faith the rest of the week in a meaningful and intentional way. And what we discovered during our time training our chaplains to be really good chaplains in sporting communities was they just needed a few very basic skills to get going. Uh, Most people have apprehension. In fact, most people in church go, how do I share my faith in a volatile world where there are so many volatile issues? How do I share my faith and how do I bring the kingdom of God near to people? What is the kingdom of God? So we unpack that. So part of Urban Revs is to unpack what it means for the kingdom to come. And that's what Jesus taught us. He said, I'll teach you how to pray. I'll teach you what's important to me. Yeah. Um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what's important yeah. to Jesus is that we become his advocates of his mission to see his kingdom yeah. come near to people. And that's why he sent the 72 out in Luke 10. They went out into the community and says, do two things, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to them. God's grace and his mercy is near to them. He's not a long way off. He's close to them. And we do that by being present in the world. So very much fundamental to the Urban Revs training is teaching people how to be present. Yeah. So Urban Revs is a course. Yes. Is it like a set of online modules? Correct. So it's online training, uh, and churches use it to train groups, their leadership teams. Uh, you can do it one-on-one online on your phone or on on a computer screen. Churches run the videos of my training, so we have about 17 small lessons that we just give people some good foundational understanding, biblical foundation understanding, and then we go into some how-tos. So it's very much about how do I speak words that bring life? So we talk about dual affirmation. How do I share my faith? How do I pray for people or with people? Uh, And there's two ways. Prayer is so powerful, Brett. It is a wonderful, wonderful gift we have to pray for people so people experience the presence of God in their life. It's wonderful. So we just talk through how do you do that? in a setting that's not church. And what I've seen is people who take what they see in church life and take that out into the community and behave the same way. 
and it falls on its face. They just do silly things. Um, one person just throws their hand on somebody who's not a believer on their head and starts to pray for them. Yeah. No, don't do that. You know, you, you can maybe get away with that in a church setting, although I don't even agree with that. I think you should always ask someone's permission to pray yeah. for them. So when we go into a community, whether it's our workplace, we're always a guest. We don't have rights. We're yeah. there at the behest. It's a good mindset to have that. Totally important. You've found yep. in your experience that people are actually open for prayer. Yeah, correct. We have so much depression, anxiety. We have people at the end of their tether, uh, suicides through the roof. Our community is hurting, is painful. And so when you offer a form of hope in offering to pray, people just jump at it. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about like an example of someone yep. who's done your course yep. and how they've been mm. you know, really motivated by yep. what they've heard and yep. learned and then applying it? So in the early days of rolling out training for Sports Chaplaincy Australia, I wanted to move away from getting clergy being sports chaplain. I wanted the man in the pew, the yep. woman in the pew. And so we just had to make it simple for them and give them a few basic tools to do. Now, we talk about them being basic, but they're actually not. They're powerful. powerful. Listening is a powerful tool yeah. and make someone feel valued when mm. you ask them questions. Tell me about yourself. I had a, a former Olympic superstar in my office and I asked her, tell me your story. The moment I said that, there were just tears. No one wanted to really know. No, they just want to know the achievements rather the, than who they are who as people. Who they are as a person, exactly. And so so we just teach them these basic skills. So what we came to was we said, anyone who does our training, we want them to finish and go, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. Um, we disqualify ourselves all the time. It's not my role, it's the pastor's role. Yeah, we professionalise um, a lot of things. Totally, which I'm just so, I'm so against. We've professionalised, we've overcomplicated ministry. Jesus sent out the 72 and he just gave them a few simple rules. He says there's just two things, heal the sick, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to them. Don't take extra clothes or don't greet anyone on the way. You're going to be like, lambs amongst wolves yeah you're going to feel uncomfortable mark my words but you're going to come back you're going to be safe it's going to be okay so he gives some very basic training so that's what urban revs is now when i say it's basic it's profound yeah we ask the question who's your flock who's the community that god's placed around you mm. to shepherd towards jesus yeah so mum when you're in that mother's group or when you're at kinder are they the community that God's put around you? Don't disqualify yourself. Yeah. Take responsibility for them. Mark it's a really a paradigm shift, isn't it? Oh, totally, totally. Now it's up to us. I ran the Urban Revs training at our church. We didn't call it Urban Revs. Most churches that are running it aren't calling it Urban Revs, but they're calling it the power of presence, or we called it sheep to shepherds. And we said to our congregation, how many of you identify with being shepherds? Put up your hands. Of course, no one put up their hands. No. I said, if someone walked up to you and said, who's the shepherd of your church? How many of you would say Pastor Jim or Pastor Matt? And they all put up their hands. I said, if we're doing our job as pastors right, we're helping you identify not just as sheep in yeah. God's pastures, but shepherds. 
shepherding people towards Jesus. And so we're going to give ourselves three years to help you identify as shepherds, to take responsibility. And that's what Jesus did with the disciples. Do you remember when I mentioned the crowd turned up and there were 5,000 there and, and Jesus began to teach them. He adopted them as his sheep. He began to shepherd them. And the disciples said, Jesus, send them home. They're all hungry. Send them. Mm. And he goes, no, you get them something to eat. And I really pivot on that, the importance that we take responsibility. Don't say it's the people at my workplace are Pastor Jim's responsibility for coming to know Jesus. Um, if I can get them to church, fantastic. No, no, no. Sir, madam, they are your responsibility. Yeah. You take responsibility for them. You shepherd them. You help them understand that God's grace and mercy is real. Pray for them. Share the good news with them. And it's just a matter of learning a few of these things to make all the difference. Correct. Now, you mentioned three years. Now, this is not a three-year no. course. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm saying that in the context of church. It takes a while for people to have that paradigm shift. Yeah. And I want to tell you there are churches in Queensland that are doing this, are going through renewal because they've tried – teaching people about discipleship, which you can't do in a vacuum. They've been trying to teach people about evangelism. No one's turning up. But they've been doing this course that's been saying, hey, in the context of your life, your community, bring the kingdom of God. Here's how you can make the kingdom of God come near to people. Yeah, And people are getting it. And large churches are having renewal because they're yeah. coming with that, go, oh, I can do this. It's not up to pastor, it's up to me. Mm. And for me, that's the great joy, just seeing God's people just get so passionate about yeah. living out their faith with that's meaning. That's so good. Well, thank you for being with us here today, Cam. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, wonderful to be here. Our guest today was Cam Butler, the founding director of Urban Revs. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry or do the course, you can go to the website at urbanrevs.com. And maybe you have a question about your own spiritual journey, or maybe you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and want to be able to explain His love to someone else. We'd like to offer you a free ebook called Coming Home. To download it, simply go to our website at families.org.au. And these are only made available by people like you that pray and support the ministry financially. We thank those that do this on a regular basis. If you have a heart for extending God's family, we'd like to invite you to consider partnering with us and together we can help more Australian families thrive in Christ. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the team here at Focus, we'd like to invite you again for another edition of Focus on the Family Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.